So we are in this new series called The Kingdom. Amen. And how many of you are excited to, to have a revelation of God's kingdom? Amen. Because what we are talking about, revelation is not just information. Revelation comes with the reality of the message. Right? So when Jesus was preaching the kingdom, uh, what was his message? His message was repent for the kingdom of God is yeah, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, right? That it's, it was a simple message, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And as he was preaching that message, he was also demonstrating the kingdom in amidst them, right? He was not just preaching words uh, in terms of just alphabets and, you know, phrases and sentences. He was releasing the reality of that kingdom. So when he was preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is there. He was demonstrating the kingdom in the form of forgiveness of sins, healing of sickness and deliverance of people from demonic oppression. So it was, just, it was not just words. There was a demonstration that was happening. Right. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew 6, verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What are the things that Jesus is talking about? Just before this passage, Jesus is talking about, Hey, why do you worry? Why are you so stressed about in your life? Now, if you, if you really think about this time, one of the greatest struggles that we are going through as humanity is handling stress, right? Mental health is such a big issue. And Jesus is talking about this then, 2000 years ago, and he's saying, why do you worry? Why are you so stressful? Why do you live your lives so heavy laden when you have a heavenly father? Right? And he says, Matthew 6.33, he says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, what things, everything that you worry about will be added into your life. What are you worried about? Is it finances? Is it a relationship? Is it peace? Is it, you know, uh, restoration? Is it debt? Whatever you are worried about, whatever it is. However spiritual it is, unspiritual it is, whatever you're worried about, it can be added into your life. Those things are not meant to be pursued. They're not meant to be pursued. They are meant to be added in your life as you pursue the kingdom of God. So Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Say with me, first. First, that's important. It's not seek second, seek third. You know, it's seek first. Let your eyes be on the kingdom. So much on the kingdom that everything else is just in the background. See, can I tell you something from my life? My life is a testimony that whenever I have set my eyes on the kingdom, everything else has just happened automatically, very smoothly, prosperously. And it has happened beyond my striving. Okay, so when you pursue the kingdom, the kingdom takes care of you. Are you listening to this? When you pursue the kingdom, the kingdom takes care of you. See, a government official is backed by the government, right? The, a government official is backed by the government. So, for example, you know, uh, the other day I was, uh, I was just driving past uh, and I saw this huge lorry, a huge truck 
And there was a big, huge guy that was sitting inside the truck, driving the truck. And as he was driving, there was a small, thin police officer who comes in front of the truck and he says, stop. And he had to stop. Why? Because he was backed up by the government of India. It's not just him. It's like he is backed up by the government of India. That's why this huge person, no matter how powerful, how strong he is physically, he has to stop. Why? Because there's a backing of a government behind that police officer. Similarly, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says like this, that we are ambassadors of heaven. When you are ambassadors of heaven, do you understand what is backing you? The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is backing us. The kingdom of God. So Jesus is saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So when you seek first his kingdom, when you seek first the purposes of God's kingdom, you are backed by the kingdom. You're backed by the kingdom. Romans 14 verse 17. This is something that we looked into last, last week. Said the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Right? Three things righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, so the now tell me, does the kingdom of God have righteousness? Yes or no? It has righteousness, right? And it has peace and it has joy. Now tell me something. Why did Jesus say, seek first the kingdom of God? And his righteousness. If the kingdom of God already has righteousness, why did Jesus specifically say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Why did he say that? I'll tell you why. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead, when he met Mary, he said, go tell the disciples and Peter about this. Is Peter included in the disciples? Yes. But then why did he say, go tell the disciples and Peter? Because Peter at that time needed special attention. He needed special attention. You know why he needed special attention? Because he had just betrayed Jesus, right? He had denied Jesus. So he needed special attention. So he, Jesus said, go tell the disciples and Peter. Likewise, righteousness is there in the kingdom. But Jesus is saying, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Why? Because righteousness within the kingdom needs more emphasis, needs more attention, needs to become the focus of the kingdom. Peace and joy is important. Yes, it is important. But if you don't focus, if you don't give enough emphasis on the righteousness of the kingdom, peace and joy will be like, you know, it, it, it won't really suffice to the reality of the kingdom. So the righteousness, even though righteousness is one third of the kingdom, you and me have to give due attention, give due emphasis. So every day, I'm talking about every day when you wake up in the morning, when you reset your day, you have to start from this righteousness to pursue God's righteousness. Look at this. It's a seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It doesn't say your righteousness. It says, seek first God's righteousness. Seek first God's righteousness. Every morning that you wake up, seek first God's righteousness. You know, in Hebrews chapter 6, it says, the message of righteousness is 
the, the very foundational message. If you don't understand this message, everything else is just, you know, it's like if you don't understand your alphabets, you won't be able to form words. And if, you're, if you can't form words, you can't form sentences. If you can't form sentences, you can't sing a song or write poetry. So it starts with alphabets. Just like that, the message of righteousness is the basic of the gospel. What is the message of righteousness? Okay, let me tell you something. Righteousness and justification have the same root in Greek. Okay, they have the same root word. And it just basically means God's act of making things right. If there's anything wrong, God's act of making things right is righteousness. God's act. So justification is the act, righteousness is his nature. Justification is the action, righteousness is his identity. So what is righteousness? Righteousness is anything that you see, anything that is wrong within your life, outside your life, in the atmosphere that you're in, righteousness has the power to make things right. Because when righteousness comes, justification comes along with it. Justice of God comes along with it. Because the justice of God is restorative. It restores everything. Okay, anything that is wrong, be it sickness, be it, you know, be it mental health issue, be it what demonic oppression, anything that is wrong, the righteousness of God has the power to make things right. You and me, we were created in the image of God, right? We were created to carry the glory of God. And because of Adam's sin, all of us fell short of his glory. Righteousness of God has the power to restore us back into his glory and much more. That's why Paul says we are not just moving from, you know, weakness to strength. We are moving from strength to strength, glory to glory. The day you accepted Jesus, you're moving from one level of glory to another because the righteousness of God has restored you completely. So righteousness is a nature that you have received just by believing in Jesus. It's a nature of God. It's the identity of God as his children that you have received just by believing in Jesus. So turn with me. Let me show you something. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. It says, For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So the first man that Paul is talking about, who is he talking about? One man's trespass. Who is that? Adam. So he's saying, for if because of Adam's trespass, if because of one man's trespass, death could ruin everything, right? Death reigned through that one man. How much more? Say with me, how much more? See, earlier, earlier we knew that, you know, no matter how good you could do no matter how how much charity you could do if you did not accept Jesus you were still a sinner did you know that right no matter how many good things you did how many you know how much compassion you had how much you put your money in charity if you did not accept Jesus you were a sinner why because that identity of a sinner is something that you've received from Adam it is something that you've inherited in his blood. 
right? Then Paul is saying, if that is the case, if because of one man's sin, death reigned through that one man, how much more? How much more when you accept Jesus, how much more those who have received the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness will reign in life? If death reigned in us, just because you did not accept Jesus, how much more life will reign in you because you have accepted Jesus? See, if, if, being, if being in the identity of Adam, no matter how much good I did, I still was a sinner then how much more being in the identity of Christ, how much ever bad things I'm struggling with, I'm still righteous because it is the righteousness of God I have received as a free gift. That's the gospel of grace. The gospel of grace is not that if you do something, you're righteous. The gospel of grace is you do righteous because you're righteous. So we are not doing good to become good. We are doing good because God has made us good. He has changed our identity. He has completely changed our identity. So right now we are slaves of righteousness. Slaves of righteousness meaning just consider yourself you're in a prison, prison of righteousness. You can't get out. Like how we were prison, we were in the prison of sin. No matter how much good you could do, you're still in the prison of sin. Right now you're in the prison of righteousness. Why? Only because of Jesus. Only because of Jesus. Only because of Jesus. So what, what does righteousness do? Righteousness tells you that because of what Jesus has done, now you can have a guiltless, a blameless, blameless standing with God. Have you seen a coin? You know, when you toss a coin, there are two sides to the coin, the heads and the tails. Righteousness has two sides. One side is right standing with God. The other side is right living. What's the first one? Right standing with God. The other one is right living. Right standing with God is that, that when you come in, in the presence of God, you have the freedom to look at the face of God as Jesus has the freedom and the boldness to look at him. That's right standing. See, Earlier when we were sinners, when you come into the presence of God, we would all come, you know, feeling guilty, like the, like the younger son, right? Coming back to the father, he feels so ashamed. He feels so guilty. And he comes with a pitiful speech saying, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Righteousness is that in spite of whatever you are struggling, in spite of what you are dealing in life, righteousness is that you can come to the Father, look at His face, look Him eye to eye and call Him Abba. And He will not say, hey, get away from me. He will not do that. He will embrace you. Righteousness, right standing with God is a free gift. Say with me, a free gift. See, in Romans 5.17, if you read that verse, it says, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. Righteousness is a free gift. Tap one another and say, hey, it's a good news. It's a free gift. You, you don't have to strive for. What's the beauty about gift? Gift is not something that you earn. Gift is something that you receive. It's a free gift. You just receive. You just receive. So it's a free gift of righteousness. The other thing that I want to show you, it says, who receive the abundance of grace 
and the free gift of righteousness. It doesn't say the abundance of righteousness. Why doesn't it say the abundance of righteousness, but only says the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness? Because grace has levels. Okay? Grace has levels. You can grow from more grace into more grace. That's why Acts, if you see, uh, the apostles, they, they grew in more power and more grace. So grace has more levels. You can, you can, you know, it's like, it's like an ocean. You can go as deep as you want. But the free gift of righteousness has no levels. You just receive it as it is. Because it is not based on our capability. It is based on Jesus. So the righteousness of Jesus, as God sees righteous, you can receive it as it is and God will start seeing you righteous. See, we constantly judge people, right? And if you don't constantly judge people, at least you constantly judge yourself. Right? We constantly judge ourselves. Oh, I'm not doing good enough. I need to improve on this. I need to improve. And those are, you know, I'm not saying it's bad, but think about this. The moment Adam partook from the knowledge of good and evil, what you and me did is, God, we don't want you to be the judge of our lives. We don't want you to define what is good, what is evil. We want to define what is good and what is evil for us. And we want to judge ourselves. See, you know why? Why it's so easy for us to see God as a judge and less of a father? You know why it's easy? Because that's how we see ourselves all the time. Because we identify ourselves as a judge subconsciously because we are constantly judging. All the time we are judging. We're judging this worship meeting, this church, what is this pastor preaching? You know, we're constantly judging. And why we're constantly judging is because we are partaking from the knowledge of good and evil. Because somewhere in our hearts, we have defined what is good. Somewhere in our hearts, we have defined what is evil. And we are constantly judging. And when we constantly judge from those parameters, we feel coming short. We always feel coming short. So, you know, we are striving. We are striving to hit that level. But the, but the gospel of grace is when you receive Jesus, you are receiving Jesus as your Lord. It's not just as your Savior. Receiving Jesus as your Lord, you're basically saying, I give up my right to judge. I give up my right to judge my own life. I give up my right to judge what you're doing. I give up my right to judge people. And I will allow you to judge and let you take over. That's why it's, it's not, this righteousness is not based on my credibility. This righteousness is based on your credibility. See, that's why I have the freedom to come and preach the message, even if I haven't prepared. Because it's not my righteousness. It is the righteousness of God. See, I'm saying all of us who stand here on the pulpit, don't stand here because of anything that we have done credible, not because of our reputation. It is purely the grace of God and the free gift of righteousness that we have received in Jesus. It's a free gift. There are no levels in righteousness. Righteousness, you just receive as it is. And the day you received Jesus, you received the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. However, God sees Jesus, he sees you. You know, I used to do this illustration with young people when I would go for youth camp. It's like make them close their eyes and tell them, just imagine that God is, you know, sitting in front of you. How does he look at you? And then compare it with how he looks at Jesus. And most people will tell me, you know, how he looks at you is like he looks at you with so much shame and disgust. But how he looks at you, how he looks at Jesus is so much joy and pleasure and 
warmth. I'm saying just how God looks at Jesus, he looks at you. Because it is not your obedience, it is the obedience of Jesus. It is not because of your act, it is the act of Jesus. For one man's obedience, right? For one man's obedience, you and me have received the abundance of grace, the free gift of righteousness. Amen. If Adam's disobedience, if Adam's disobedience made everybody sinners, then Christ's obedience made everybody who received Jesus righteous. Just like that. How is that possible? How is it possible? If Jesus who knew no sin could become sin, then we who knew no righteousness could become the righteousness of God. We just receive. We just receive the righteousness of God. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 2 verse 8, For we are saved by grace through faith. We are saved by grace. You are not saved by your prayers. You are not saved by the good things that you have done. You are saved by grace through faith. So righteousness is the basic foundation. Why? Because it tells you, hey, today you don't have to be bothered about, you know, improving your credibility, improving your reputation, improving your holy life before coming to God. You can come to God as you are because it is not based on your credibility. It is based on Jesus. Now, every good thing that you do should flow from that place of identity. Okay, your generous act, your acts of compassion, your acts of being faithful should flow from that place of identity, knowing that you are loved, that you are cared for, that you are his beloved son, you are his beloved daughter. When you flow from that place of identity, that is when you can declare Ephesians 2 verse 10, which says, for I am created for good works. Because good works is not something that we are striving to do so that we can be connected to God. Good works is the result of being connected to God. Because I am one with God, good works is just, is just natural. Why, why are you being so generous? Why are you being so forgiving? Because I am connected to God. Because everything that I need has been fulfilled in the person of Jesus. I'm not doing this to get this. I am doing this because it is overflowing. In my relationship with God. It is overflowing. It is overflowing. It is overflowing. My cup is overflowing. Why? Because you and me are connected to Jesus. And we are connected to the Father through Jesus. It's like the best example I can tell you is, you know, just take your little finger and poke it into the electrical socket and just switch it on. Have you tried? Moses has tried. Just do that. It's amazing, you know. For an illustration, if you don't know righteousness, just take your little finger, poke into the electrical socket and switch it on. Tell me what happens. The electricity that's there starts flowing through your body. Just like that, when you receive Jesus, the righteousness of God starts flowing in your life because you are connected to the Father. You're connected to the Father. Amen. I want to show you one verse because today it's like, Coming back to me again and again. Romans chapter 5. Same chapter. Chapter 5 verse 21. What does it say? So that as sin reigned in death. Grace also might reign through righteousness. Leading to eternal life. Through Christ Jesus 
our Lord. If sin death, if sin reigned in death, grace reigns in righteousness, leading to eternal life. What I want to tell you is this right standing with God. Don't limit the righteousness of God just to right standing. Just to say, oh, you know what? I'm one with God. Yeah. Don't just limit to that. There's more. There's more. Okay. There's more. It's like when you put your finger in the electrical socket and switch it on, there's more. I'm telling you, there's more. There's more as long as you keep the socket on. There's a lot more. There's more. What does it say? It says righteousness leading to eternal life. The righteousness that you have received as a free gift has a capacity to fruit, to become a fruit of eternal life in your life. That righteousness is considered that right standing of God like a seed. That seed has the power, has the power to release eternal life in and through you. So don't just, you know, don't just limit to righteousness as, oh yeah, I have right standing with God so I can do anything. That's just stupidity. You know, I was just listening to one sermon. It said, grace does not allow you to be stupid. <laughs> okay. it's, see, it's like, see, if, if you're walking down the road, right? And there's a pothole and you fall into that pothole and somebody comes and delivers you from that pothole. Do you fall into it again? Is that why he delivered you? No, you don't fall into it again. But yes, you might walk and you might fall again. And yet Jesus will lift you up. Every time you fall, Jesus will lift you up. But understand the purpose of why Jesus lifting you up is not so that you can fall back into sin again. The, the reason why Jesus is lifting you up again is so that this righteousness will overflow into eternal life. Okay, so that's why don't, don't be just, you know, don't be content with theology or righteousness. Don't be content with theology or righteousness. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm one with God. Yes, you're one with God. But where's the eternal life? You know, when Jesus was, when Jesus was preaching the kingdom, he was demonstrating the kingdom. When Jesus was preaching righteousness, he was demonstrating righteousness so that you and me, when we Sit and emphasize, focus on his kingdom, focus on the righteousness of God. This righteousness of God has a capacity to overflow into eternal life. Righteousness has a capacity to overflow into eternal life. Amen. So how do you do this? Yes, we all know that we have received. We have received the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness in Jesus. We all know that. But how do you live this out day in and day out? You live this out from the place of righteousness so that it can become eternal life. How do you do that? That's the question. That's the big question. Because I'm telling you, you might have heard the gospel of grace so many times. I'm saying I struggle with this. There are times when I find myself judging. When I find myself, I'm not good enough. God, why did you ask me to be a pastor? I'm not a good husband. I'm not this. I'm not that. I find I catch myself doing this. But so how do you live this out? How do you live this message of righteousness out so that it's not just a message. It's not just a theology or a doctrine. It becomes a reality. How do you live this out? Second Corinthians chapter three. Come with me. Second Corinthians chapter three verse 18. And we all say with me, we all. Okay. We all. No one is lost. Okay. And we all. With unveiled face, unveiled face meaning there's no covering. Remember Moses when he came back from the mountain, 
you know the people people said moses you cover your face why the glory of god we can't see you but you know why moses very quickly agreed to cover his face because that glory was fading he didn't want people to see that the glory was fading okay so it says and we all with unveiled face unveiled face meaning there's no veil okay unveiled face beholding the glory of the lord right why is there no covering because we are beholding the glory of the lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the lord who is the spirit what is paul saying paul is saying as you fix your eyes on jesus as you keep beholding him keep beholding him keep looking at him keep looking at him the same image the glory that he is carrying that transfers into you and you are moving from that one degree of glory into another so how do you do this daily is like every time you catch yourself struggling every time you catch yourself being the judge of your life take a moment behold jesus behold jesus look at jesus look at the beauty of jesus because as you behold him as you behold him my goodness your expression your face your image is being transformed into the same image that you are beholding actually this is a principle let me tell you this is a principle you know what's the principle the principle is you become what you see it's a principle how do children behave they they behave imitating their parents because that's what they see it's a principle you become what you see so be careful guys what you see as you see jesus you become exactly like him moving from one degree of glory to another moving from one degree of glory to another so don't limit righteousness just in the context of oh i have right standing with god it's amazing that's how we should all begin and i'm telling you we should begin there every day we should begin no doubt no matter what you're struggling with you should never doubt that you have a right standing with god you should never doubt that why when paul says in romans 8 was 30 37 onwards when he says you know there is absolutely nothing there's not death there's no life there's no angels no demons no power that can separate you from the love of god in christ jesus why is he saying that with so much of confidence that nothing can separate you from the love of god in christ is because you are not the one embracing him he is the one embracing you and because he is the one holding on to you there is absolute guarantee so yes you have to start your day knowing you have to start your day on the premise of knowing that you are right with god and that god does not hold you accountable anymore god does not you know say that you need to do something to become something god accepts you as he accepts jesus yes that's where we begin but don't just limit that to a theology because as you pursue his righteousness his righteousness has a power to swell into eternal life it is a power to overcome and to overflow into eternal life jesus told the samaritan woman in john chapter 4 he said if you drink of this living water you will not thirst it will become streams of living waters leading to eternal life 
leading to eternal life. So I'm pleading with you guys, don't just make this a doctrine and a theology, but stay in the righteousness of God. Stay in the righteousness of God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Stay in the righteousness of God. Because as you stay in the righteousness of God, as you delight in his righteousness, it's not about my prayers or the amount of time that I have done or, you know, my charity, my generosity. It's the righteousness of Jesus. As you behold his beauty, behold his beauty, look at his face, look at what he has done, look at what he is doing doing in your life as you keep your eyes fixed on him eternal life starts flowing automatically eternal life starts flowing automatically I just want to take this moment to just give a call to those who are struggling in your life if you're struggling in your life it could be a habitual sin it could be a repeated pattern of thought that is coming back at you it could be a belief system that you find difficult to detox from. If there's a struggle, if there's a constant struggle in your life, okay, just close your eyes. Just close your eyes. And just repeat this prayer with me. Father, we thank you for what you have done on the cross. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. It is not about us, but it is about Jesus. It is about Jesus. And because of Jesus, I have complete boldness and confidence. I feel dirty today. I feel sick. I feel pitiful. But it's not about me. And because it is about Jesus, I come to your throne of grace with boldness. And come to your throne of grace with confidence, righteousness. I am righteous because of Jesus. I am righteous because of Jesus. Father, we receive your righteousness. We receive your righteousness. Repeat after me. I am the righteousness of God. Come on, once again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, guys. If you believe it, say it with confidence because anyways, it's not based on your credibility. So say it with confidence. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am chosen. I am loved. He is mindful of me. There is nothing that can separate me from his love. I am moving from glory to glory. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this message. And we pray that righteousness will become a reality in our lives. Yes, Daddy, we receive your free gift of righteousness in Christ. Receive the right standing that we have with Jesus. And Father, we know that this righteousness will swell up to eternal life. Will swell up to eternal life. In the name of Jesus, I cancel every demonic oppression. In the name of Jesus, let the righteousness of God overflow 
In the name of Jesus, we cancel every sickness in the body, in the mind, in our hearts. Let the righteousness of God overflow. The righteousness of God. Thank you, Daddy, for your righteousness has become our reality. For the righteousness of Jesus has become my truth, my reality. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.